Okay, so today we have Tio with the Arcane Bear joining us on the Heuristic Podcast. This is a, uh, a big episode for me. I, I have been a big fan of Tio's content on YouTube for many years now, uh, my, my brother included. Uh, so Tio, thank you for joining us. Awesome. Michael, it's, it's fun to be here. You know, I, have, I love conversations. That's how the Arcane Bear was kind of born. So yeah, th- thanks for that uh, gracious intro. <laughs> So um, the first video that I think I found of yours, I, I feel like this is a good starting point. The first video I found of yours, I think was maybe the video about um, Bitcoin forking. It was, uh, and, and, you know, that's when I first heard of Bitcoin and I was just searching up YouTube videos and, Roger you, Veer. and, and yours and yours came up and um, I, I didn't know what Bitcoin cash was. So I was watching your video to learn about what Bitcoin cash was. And I started researching hard forks. So that was the very early days for me with Bitcoin, but um, you were someone that caught my attention because you were extremely articulate and you seemed like you had an open mind. And something that I loved about you was that you seemed curious and I can relate to that a lot. Um, so uh, so that's, that's kind of how I started to catch you on YouTube. And then I started to follow your channel. I saw that this guy that's also talking about technology is living in Costa Rica. Um, in the middle of the jungle, which is in my mind at first, it was contradictory. It didn't make sense. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how to make sense of that. I'm like, he's talking about this innovative tech that mm. might, you know, disrupt money as we know it. And he's yeah. doing it from, from a Wi-Fi signal in Costa Rica. So right. fiber so, now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so how did you find yourself in Costa Rica? Um, you know, where are you from originally? Okay, great. Well, I'll try to tie this in um to to a few of the, the storylines there so first off that, that that was a fun time it was august of 2017 i believe is when and, and roger veer was going into this oh we have a better way of doing what we think this technology does and i guess while we're here one of the arguments that i always really liked about bitcoin in those early days the things that i understood about it because i'm not a technology person i live in the jungle because i like plants and animals not because i like technology necessarily but there's kind of these, in, I don't want to use the word intrinsic because it's probably overused, but there are yeah, inherent, yeah, maybe inherited values, I think, within the concept that's, that is very, very important. Things like decentralization, uh, at least in my opinion, have a very close relationship to the way nature functions. And I think the way nature keeps kind of track of time through all these chemical bonds and changes that make up the kind of living world we see around us, the way a rock moves through a river and kind of records its history through the loss of itself moving across that river effectively and through the aeons and billions of years of time that it takes for a rock to get to any particular place. So I thought that there was this kind of fun relationship between what decentralization meant from a broad perspective. And I thought that a lot of people were getting it wrong. I still think people get it wrong is that in general, uh, any, any move to um, uh, alleviate power centers is, is like a strong purpose, right? You know, there's these cliche sayings of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear, it doesn't make a noise. And this is based off, well, who's perceiving the value function? This is kind of what the blockchain does. It, it perceives this, this function of value transfer between parties or, or uh, you know, in my, in my earlier functions of how I got to Costa Rica was I was largely interested in plants. Uh, I studied music for my earlier years. I liked uh, Indian music, mostly due to the advanced patterns that they're using. So I spent a lot of years studying advanced time signatures and patterns that 
you know, you take three sevens, you're looking for a 21 note sequence and each of these sevens is played somewhat differently. So there's a function I think that, that paid off later, which is that my interest in technology and growing trends and adoptions was, is, is still largely pattern recognition is why I love science. Um, so there, I ended up in Costa Rica um, after leaving North America when I was about um, 18, more or less. So I, I dropped to school in grade 10, hitchhiked from Canada down through the United States into Mexico, nice. and then ended up living in Guatemala for a few months. Um, and then I came back to Canada, kind of shell-shocked, uh, did a little bit of tree planting, spent most of the time out in the forest there, and then I would go live back out in, in Guatemala for the majority of the year or so. The first time I ran into Bitcoin and really understood it was in, in Guatemala. I had actually bought previously, not only because it had a function for us in business, we were able to, to you buy servers that we were using for a discount of 50%. We're like, cool, we'll figure out a 50% right. discount. Like, where we got like 20 servers right now. This is not, this is not cheap. So right. at least for us at the time, you're trying to start a business. So um, Bitcoin became a value function. But when I was in Guatemala, there's, there's a unique thing that happened. It was a kind of a sequence of events. For first off, it shot up to $1,000, which gets everyone's attention, right? So this is, I think, the kind of market cycle and dynamic that becomes really important throughout time. But I was still not really interested in the money. The money was a, a nice reminder that you were getting something right, that there was signal there that you were anticipating um, you know, coming waves like, Hey, you know, Michael, I'm sure we both started using Instagram super early, right? That's not, right. you, we could have both talked to each other and be like, Hey, Instagram is probably going to be pretty popular. It's because it right. already is. So those making an early investment isn't necessarily difficult. Like trend spotting isn't difficult. It's just, it often is whatever the cool thing is at the time. So I, you know, I think what was this, this kind of culmination of events was I, I wasn't in, um, I wasn't super interested in business. And at that time, I was uh, kind of coming to terms with this idea that business was ultimately a value function, or at least it should be, I thought. <laughs> maybe, maybe it doesn't always end up that way, but I thought uh, like a good, a good motto for, for business was this is a, a value proposition for the community. And if you do really well, um, you are rewarded for it. So I, I saw that Bitcoin's value proposition was to people when their money was the least safe from mm -hmm. governments and bank uh, banking corruption effectively. So in, in two th when it first shot up to around $1,000, it was during the Cypriotic bank collapse. And so this kind of conversation really got me interested because I thought, well, wait a second, here's the potential for a technological solution to the middlemen, at, at least at which this stage are government regulators and supranational companies to some degree or another. Um, and how do you disintermediate such long-standing uh, power structures potentially? So it, uh, this idea of, you know, I didn't, I still don't know how, what the code looks like necessarily, but the concept of decentralization of anything, whether it's intellectual property, identity, money, uh, governance, law, this seems like a great way to kind of disintermediate what has gone wrong so many times in, in culture and civilization. That's what still really holds my attention is I think that the, the society is going down a, a pathway and is going to very quickly end up at a crossroads where it either picks like its own enslavement right, right. <laughs> or it, it chooses this uh, more not utopian because this is that would be the wrong way to put it, but a much more open society where you, you know, more open-minded. 
yeah, we've we've just made so many um, kind of small mistakes that add up to just this monstrous form of corruption that takes place, and and we're largely okay with because it's not. It doesn't seem to be any individual person's fault. <laughs> it's like, oh well, it's the you know, it's like it's we've done some shit, you know. Like every country says, there's like, ah, oh, we've done some bad stuff. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, what do you mean? As a, as a normal person, this is you get thrown jail. You go to jail for all these right. small things. You go to jail. Right? <laughs> so that's, you know, it's it's this very kind of un, unnerving aspect. You're like, hmm, this is this is not fair. <laughs> right. So this is kind of what really set my, my interest and still remains there today. The money's awesome. The return on investments is great. It's turned into this fun thesis now for me where, you know, what, what was that? It was largely venture capital. It's trying to find early signal, make an investment and be right. patient and read books and wait, you know, see if you were right through that hypothesis. <laughs> So it had all the flavors of everything I like, you know, pattern recognition, make a good hypothesis, and then practice your experiment, which is usually just being patient throughout time and investing. Well, you got to invest first and then be patient. Sorry, because get the order right here. <laughs> so, so now, even, even with what you just said, how did you come up with that framework or how to assess value or how did you start oh, to make sense of, I know that that's a big question, but that, that's something that I've gotten from you a lot and from your videos is you weren't telling people what to value themselves. You were just communicating how you were learning, what you were learning over time. And then through, through educating people on what you were learning about, you were communicating your values too. So how did you really come to that? Was that just something that you started to make sense of over time or was it, were you clear on that before you even got to Guatemala and South America? I, you know, I think it, how do, how do we look at this one? You know, th there's a difference, right. Between price and, and value. And this is, I think one of the hard parts of the conversation is there are things that I'm absolutely in, uh, mystified by that is not kind of normal public congress right. <laughs> um and and for that reason it it became very it started it's becoming more and more difficult it's actually so difficult right now to make an investment in value and hope for a return it doesn't always that doesn't always work out it really depends on the industry that you're in so i'll give an example i i just i love like the kind of multidisciplinary approach i've looked at hundreds of scientific medical yes. Uh, journals. I've listened to thousands of hours of not, not well between medical or physics or biology. One of my, like this, the podcast, if you, you were listening to the early days, we had people like Bruce Lipton or Thomas yes. Campbell. We, I just want to have conversations with interesting people and that kind of fringe insight to where's the most signal, where's the real value, even if there's not a lot of funding there, or if there's not a, and you know, what I, what I've realized now, what I've learned very, very worryingly over the last two years is that in in large industry we do not search for value proposition we search for profit proposition only and because of that we've ended up with a horribly degraded um ecosystem of it's called consuming yeah that's that's the easiest word to put it so that this has just been astounding to me and normally i you know where this kind of started was i i love nature so 
you know, there, there were early signals and indicators. Cause I, one of the reasons why I left school was I, I thought psychedelic mushrooms were basically the next revolution of medicine. And right. this is when I was basically 16, 17. I was like, Holy shit. I was like, we've got, we've got this. So when Arrowwood was uh, hanging out on Arrowwood was the, the fun thing to do for hours and hours on end, like discovering all this kind of open information the internet was prime for that in its early days this is really left up to the discerning individual to to make heads or tails of the the data that they're getting and there were places like this where it's had an, an overwhelming database that you know these apparently illegal illicit harmful substances are, are not harmful at all they're actually very beneficial so that you know the the kind of roots of this conversation of of looking for value proposition was also looking in er usually in areas where the fringe was was the strongest where you were the most persecuted for the thing that you were interested in right because now all of a sudden I'm I'm a, basically a criminal for my interests as a <laughs> growing up like hey nature's mushrooms like eat this so I you know I think part of it can stemmed out of this was being to be right early then for myself when I was younger took a, a lot of like I had to take a lot of bullshit because effectively in the yes. country I grew up in I was a criminal so my interest in like for instance in Central America where I am here in Costa Rica psychedelic mushrooms are not illegal like I can walk around pick them eat them ain't nobody cares that, because there's no law around it so it's actually a freedom of acts of freedom of expression you know, this was one of the interesting arguments around the growth of medical marijuana too, is a, this, well, why not freedom of expression? Who cares if it's medicinal shit? Like people be smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. You know, what, where's the lines between what, what one chooses to do as long as it's not harmful to others. And so these kind of countries had that, that open dialogue because grandma down the street was grown marijuana and making tea and using it herself in, in countries like Costa Rica for a long time. Like this is more recent that a lot of these laws are. So the, you know, I, I originally left because I was interested in studying the fringe, finding that pattern and then being able to stick with it long enough to where now it's popular. Now people are invested, like there's psychedelic companies, there's FDA testing on MDMA. We, you know, the proof that was so obvious when I was basically a child is finally coming to light. And that, I guess that's a, like in itself, a really good summation of the journey and some of the deeper underpinnings of that um, have been, have become very clear the last two years. And that yeah, that's a very, that's a very, does, more, that, does that help you? Does that help you trust your process that you maybe started and maybe didn't realize that you started at 16 now at your age now, the fact that it's coming to fruition and because mm -hmm. being early is hard. And, and I've heard you talk about that a lot. Being early comes with a lot of friction. And I've felt that in my life in different aspects and different facets, especially with Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin, I think my experience going through the 1819 bear market is something and, and, you know, confirming my thesis and, you know, strengthening the conviction over time by doing the research and putting in the hours that helped me to become more aware of that friction when you're early. So when did you start to become aware of that feeling? Because I feel like what you're talking about and what we're talking about, you know, noticing value or at least noticing what you see to be valuable, you might right. have to, right. You might have to expose yourself to that fringe. Um, okay. So there's, there's probably two ways to look at this. Number one, primarily a lot of people look at the success rate there. 
solely denominated in in U.S. dollars, because or some type of value currency. Because uh, the you know, the idea here of the proposition of business or some value to the community at large, but effectively it's just the proposition of value to the community at large. So um, I, I kind of find, I found that earlier on in in my life outside of the business spectrum because there's the freedom to participate in ayahuasca ceremonies and go and journey and kind of extend past what um, what value or what the, like even the proposition of value might be because we we have uh, you know in in your in your PL sheet you've got gains and losses and the universe is not necessarily uh, chalked up by gains and losses it's a much more interesting like macro experience so I think that was the early uh, clear success where I was like, okay, I actually, I got this right there. The, mm. one, once you go, you, you know, you've been told like, it's just it's so bad. It's illegal. You're, and then you go and you're like, okay, this is, there's clearly a disconnect between the, someone who's telling me this story, their agenda and the, the natural consequences of what I found here through um, studying, you know, like, yes. Well, and then it, so, and then, figuring out, you know, we live in a world that where money is extremely important. Like my younger years, I was hitchhiking around playing music on the side of the street. I was having a great time. I did not care about making money at all. Like I was having more fun playing music on the side of the street. We were making like a hundred dollars a day sometimes just playing music as we were traveling. It was actually pretty, you know, it's pretty impressive. I think just to some degree to, yeah. um, Anyways, the, the point here was that the next part is where can you make money, right? So for instance, there are some fields you can't make as much money on making that value investment early. Like, right. It's like, okay, well, in, when I was 16, you ain't going to be invested in magic mushrooms and just, <laughs> it's not that time. Right. So you have to pick which waves are accessible um, and the most productive. Right. And, and this is again, kind of what I'm learning now is often the waves that are most successful, most productive or most profitable are the ones uh, not necessarily the best choices. And this is always a difficult one to deal with too, because you would hope that as a venture capitalist, you'd be able to invest in the most cutting edge, like energy or <laughs> some type of technology that does cool shit. And it's those, that's not how the system is really set up, you know? So we've, we've ended up in things like Bitcoin because those technologies express that through the nature of some of the concepts that they bring to the table. You know, I think technology has has done this. It's a, the, through deflation, it's created more decentralization. Like the fact that we can set up with a decent camera and a microphone, and we could go. I got in ear headphones. Like if we were to try to do this in the 1980s, Michael, we would need like a 10 or 20 million dollars or some shit, right? It'd be ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> so just the the sheer movement of um, technology into the hands of so many people, especially in those early days, I felt information was a bit more boundless and you could, you could do more, a lot more research and a, and a lot more kind of testing and validation of, of thesis with open forms effectively. Nowadays, it's a lot more difficult. So we just focus on games. <laughs> right. Um, there are a few ones we've seen, I think that are interesting in conversation too. Like, you know, there's a lot of fun things in um, mushrooms, just in general, the, in the potential of mushrooms, what mushrooms can do for society is, is profound. There's not a whole lot of profit there. You know, so this is one of the, the worrying aspects I think of, okay, you know, we, we pick a thesis now where we feel we can make the most money having the most fun. And we're like, where it's the least contentious battlefield. We're like, well, everybody likes video games. <laughs> 
what do you do we play video games it's like it's not a it's not a hot topic right we're not investing in pharmaceutical companies or a bio biomedical anything because it's just too contentious i don't feel that there's an open and free conversation in almost anything in, in large forms of other technology conversations too whether it's nuclear it's like you you know anyways so we stay focused mostly on games michael just to stay mm -hmm. less contentious at least on the public forum do you, think, um, do you think that's especially because of the context of our times today especially well, yeah well, because what we're witnessing is the exact same thing of good conversations being where mushrooms are illegal again. So most of the stuff I'm interested in can make this illegal right? Right. or something like this or not illegal, but close to, you know, when you're that right, especially about really big issue, or if you're right about a big issue early, you're, you're generally persecuted, right? Something like this. They first, they laugh at you. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, a lot of people look for the monetary value, but I think the value is in finding, I think the true function is finding value early and, and being like uh, embracing that, you know, it didn't matter that mushrooms didn't make me any money. I had like that experience of going through that was profound. Um, but, you know, I guess it depends where you want to look at, at part of the conversation. It's, it's refined into a thesis now that's productive and it can help make a bunch of people a bunch of money. There's a right. huge plethora of value proposition and this idea of open decentralized sovereign identity money a whole of contracts um governance ownership seems endless yeah it's this huge value line that most people don't get to participate in anymore and we've seen this very unique or community member because we won't call them users trying not to call them users as much right they're community members and and brands. Well, I, I don't. I like brands. It's okay. I, I'm okay with branding. Like I feel like the bear is the brand, just as much as a flower is kind of like a brand. It's like the flower brand. Like I go to nature. It's like the tree brand. You know, I'm like the trees own this. What? Anyways, the point of this is, I feel okay with branding or, or emblematic relationships. So the customers and the brands that are out there have this normal disconnect in how they grow. Like you can't easily invest as like a an 18 year old kid 12 bucks a month into netflix but you sure as hell can can spend that money on the mindless entertainment that they give right. you right so often you're cut out of this investor or ownership experience and you know the technology really is leading the forefront in this um owner community um, it's almost like before most people realize where yeah, I guess intrinsic value is the wrong word, but where more value is, um, the technology is really leading that uh, to a degree, kind of like what you're talking about. The, te the technology is going to be leading um, or at least providing opportunity for people to access more of that. Um, some, something I think about a lot is, you know, how, what is my, not my investment thesis, but what is my value proposition or why am I putting time, energy and effort into the things that I am. And um, something that you have always emphasized is your, your time horizon. And, you know, how, how long are you, you know, looking to hold on to this for, or, you know, um, if you're looking to invest for the short term, and no matter what it is, it's probably more gambling than it is investing. And when I think about myself, I've, I've worked as a teacher for the last um, handful of years, a health coach, um, now a yoga instructor, jujitsu coach. So I'm, I'm just in, interested in a, in a bunch of different stuff. But when I started to work as a teacher, I realized that I can't survive on my public school teacher salary. 
So that's what got me interested in start to ask, where should I put my, my value to work best for me over time? And that's how I got into Bitcoin and, and started to really um, look at that time horizon differently. But uh, something that I think about now is going forward, I still don't see many people in my everyday life thinking that way. Um, a lot of people are still depending on, you know, their retirement or, you know, their 401ks. And, and I feel pressure myself to become my own investor. I feel like I had to create almost like a second job as an investor myself on top of being a teacher and the other things just to solidify um, some kind of net worth over time or create some kind of wealth over time. So yeah. I don't know if you have an opinion on that, but I feel like start as early as you can start as young as you can. Right. I feel like that's getting more difficult for people to do as time goes on. I'm, I'm an eternal optimist and I have a hard time figuring out how people are going to catch up before it's almost too late. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what, what your take is on that. Well, there's some macro conversations that have just absolutely stunned me. The last two years has just put a, like a stop in, in my, my interest in what I thought was open scientific dialogue. It doesn't exist. Right, yeah, it, 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 it basically doesn't exist. And it's one of the most worrying things I've ever seen. I can't, I can't, ex I don't think I can express in words how disturbing that is. Um, it's, and it's, it's also morbidly fascinating, I think too. I've probably spent more time reading medical journals and scientific literature from, from epidemic, like a whole swath of topics. I'm like, was not in any way, shape or form caring about the, the last two years. And it's been stunning to me because uh, I'm giving a try to circle around with the answer of like long time horizons and investments. But right now I'm just going to use a thesis, not, not if there's any money involved, let's just go with being right. right. And then being early. And then let's, there's a, a fascinating topic of conversation I like called geomorphology. And it, it's basically the interest of how the earth or the shapes of the earth have evolved based through events, whether it's through the way water or glaciers recede and then melt. So there's a one, one specific person named Jay Harlan Bratz, who in his early career in like the early 1900s was uh, right around the north parts of uh, North, north America, Grand Coulee, like right below British Columbia. I think it's Oregon and Seattle type areas in the United States. There's these huge floodplains. And it looks like just an enormous, like a, basically a supernatural form a, amount of water flooded over that area. And then you go back and you, you know, a bunch of years start to take place and people start to realize that the ice sheets above that area were like two miles high, right? So all of a sudden you've got two miles of ice above where I was, like where I grew up just 13,000 years ago. So all at one point within 13,000 years, that water all melted and went somewhere right Dang. it's not a small amount of water and it's in a very short period of time only thirteen thousand years so even if it took that long it's still not a long period of time <laughs> anyways so we have all of a sudden evidence of this massive flood that had taken place on, on north america and jay harlan bretz was like hey this looks like some crazy flood like let's say hundreds and hundreds of feet because it's two miles of ice higher than the mountains in canada that's how high the ice went that's like think about that it doesn't even make sense mind-blowing yeah, it's a mind-boggling sentiment, just that alone, right? So he, in his early kind of career, 
kept going through this argument with the general scientific community. It was like, no, that's impossible. There was no flood here, you know, and then all, all of a sudden a floodwater data shows up that, Hey, actually the, the oceans rise like seven rose like 750 feet somewhere between 13,000 years ago and today, but mostly between 13,000 and 12,000 years ago. Not, so not even just today, like within an even shorter period of time, because we got better at understanding what was happening. So over the course of his life, he started to become more and more validated. And he, at the end of his career, won like the highest award wow. in geology. And they invited him on stage and they're like, so, you know, like, what do you want to say? He's like, well, I wanted to gloat, but everybody who disagreed with me is dead. <laughs> and what's interesting is that there's, there's two things here. Number one, it's you, you need to be able to withstand the storm, right? Part of being a winner is actually making it like you just making it to the end of the game and being like, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still happy. And I'm, I'm was right about my thesis. <laughs> A lot of players get taken out. Like we, you know, we've seen the loss of some of the, you know, I, I looked up to three arrows capital. I thought these guys are awesome. Yeah. They rolled up like, you know, even though they, they caught the, you know, they did it. I thought they, but I was wrong. <laughs> they went bust. They were degenerates, you know, and even at the top of like, just, just some unimaginable. So you know, part of it is being able to withstand the game. A lot of players get taken out through the game. So for him to go through his whole career, basically being persecuted, being told he was wrong, it takes like 60 or 70 years for his thesis to be validated. And by the time it is, everybody who got, who was in the way had died for some reason or another. Like it was almost like being, he got to live longer because he was right maybe yeah. you know, too. And this might be a good part of the thesis, which leads into my other like more censored format of what I, what like, you know, what we're going through. So maybe just living long enough to see the thesis play out is is worth more than the money you know as a lot of people would would, would wager a bet on that you tell like well you, could you pay would you have more life it's like well yeah how much yeah. Well, all of it right <laughs> so, i you know it's a it's a these kind of conversations i think are really interesting because there's a part where you know, we're talking about time horizons. This was some, someone's entire life before they were recognized for how right they were. And there's no real monetary reward for him. He's just interested right. in the conversation of geology. He was persecuted like, oh, what do you believe in Noah's flood or something? You know, <laughs> like they're trying to, to, anyways, you conspiracy theorists, basically, right? This is what happened. And so we see this story actually takes place over and over again in a bunch of different people's lives and in varying shapes and formats. And, and often what you have to do is go against the grain. That's a, kind of the first step. You, have, you, you find out that you were right about something and most people are wrong about right now. That's kind of where the sweet spot is because it's where the, there's the most room for upside in any of your investments. So we also try to look for investments as early as possible. Now we also then measure risk based off how much we're willing to lose. Cause if you've, if you're early, chances are you're wrong. So most of the time you got to accept that you're wrong. So you look at literally everything right. going, yeah, this is probably wrong. Okay. Well, as you, as you start to find things that are right, what, what becomes harder and harder to do is, is get like to disprove them more than finding validation in the thesis. It actually becomes harder and harder to disprove mm -hmm. the thing that we're saying more than it is to prove it. And this is kind of a function. I think most people get wrong. And what, oh, I think a lot of people get wrecked no matter the size apparently is because we often assert our luck as, as uh, intelligence Whereas I'm always trying to build a thesis like, okay, I'm kind of a silly monkey here. I don't know any of these things that are going to work. So I'm going to basically take the approach of each, the, because of the high probability of getting something wrong, we can make a small investment, get it right. And it'd be worth um, orders of magnitude more. 
so that the asymmetry of being right takes over for the the scale of the investment size, right? right? Uh, at that time, you didn't need to be, in, you know, we don't need to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin if you, that if you don't have that, right? You can make much larger investments, and this is what we've seen in this whole thesis. So, for us right now, we're looking at video games. You know, you, you, let's say video game raises like twenty to thirty million dollars at a fifty million dollar valuation. We've seen that video games can often actually end up being worth a few billion dollars. So going from twenty five million to a few billion is like there's still there's that big upside growth. And now with IP and ownership and governance and the open builds, like Board Ape was doing open testing, like we're seeing a much that we're they're not the user, they're the community member. They're what makes this thing valuable. So you know, in the time horizon is is often based off a few different segments of society, right? For for, for mushrooms, it took like yeah. I don't know it was almost a, almost a decade from when I was younger to where well, actually about thirteen years from where we are today, where we're just starting to have those conversations openly with government. We're like, you know, so that's a pretty slow process. And for Jay Harlan Bretz, it was his whole life. He basically had to that's, wait till everyone else died. <laughs> no one else was arguing with him. That's what he's like. So I was right. <laughs> so you know, there's there's a you should have your your lifetime as a as a time horizon investment and you should invest in and i think largely the things that you are most interested in and the and the um let's say products or the communities that that you're associating with right and this was one of the difficult parts is that for yourself and and me when we were growing up and we were younger it was much harder to participate in the financial uh, economy in in these other abstract formats because like oh well, you need a, this amount of money you know, right. when, when you sign up for Netflix, you should be able to pay for micro stocks right then and there with anyone around the world effectively. And this technology has, has done that already. It, it, this open decentralized trading has already done it. And, and this is the thing with, you know, well, look, mushrooms had already made the value. It <laughs> took time for the rest of the people to catch up with understanding how valuable that is or if it's even valuable at all. You know, so sometimes the truth will arrive a lot, a lot sooner. Like when we had Ether Delta, I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be amazing. I think more often than overestimating investments, we've underestimated them. We've taken profits too early. <laughs> we, we executed a tax that goes to 100x. And, we, and then, you know, you get cocky, you do stupid things and you realize, look, this is a game of not of, of luck, but being right is a survivor bias more than anything. You know the people that blow up and disappear. You don't see them in the future. I th Gary V kind of, <laughs> I think, was thing is like, there's no winners at halftime. This is that's a good point. Not how, it's not how the game works. You know, this is a much longer story, or, or generally speaking, you know. So, I try to look at the thesis similar to uh, a hypothesis. Um, how many years? Somewhere between two to five. You can get really good results if it's just if you're investing right on the cuff of the wave, right. which is really unique. And you can spot those. Those are usually highlighted by crisis. So from an investor standpoint, you got to learn how to put like kind of arc this sociopathic part of yourself to go, hey, <laughs> remember that when everybody is scared shitless about some war or some disease or some anything, anytime people are scared for extended periods of time, you're getting close to the most amount of reward potential for an, an, an investment. And it's kind of an awkward thing to, to recognize too. Yeah, it's because it's, it's a part of the wisdom, you know, it's like, okay, well, there is opportunity and chaos here, Do you, you know, taking advantage of it or capitalizing on it is often helping to resolve it too, not always, but often. Um, so it's a, it's a, 
part of human speculation and you know there's greed and growth involved but most mostly we look for ideas that kind of birth out of crisis right so bitcoin was kind of birthed out of a crisis axie infinity this gaming sector was birthed out of a crisis and those to us provide the what we believe the most stable because they are growing in the harsh environment all right so you know i grow a bunch of different plants on the in, on the jungle property here and i love the plants that can grow through the harsh environments because they're the ones that will be successful they they have that that easy shelf life like okay. planting cucumbers is difficult planting pineapples is fucking easy yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you pick things that are you know make sense over the long term um so there's a few different ways to to look at that value and price association and you know again we've we focus almost entirely on games right now because it's so much less contentious and we think that there's a huge likelihood that it will gaming leads to finance for an extra billion people on the planet um, especially for um people in in lesser developed countries the amount yes. of that they could earn is um drastically more impactful in their lives than maybe someone in a first world country who might not be seeing that same opportunity as oh a, yes as a real one yeah well it's you know this is the thing is you've we've had all these companies that have grown on the backs of our attention and we've got nothing back but a platform and i, I you know even if people don't recognize that they're fed up with it they are because they, they don't are. get anything back you know and if you if there's a better model there even like just i think because here there's no other model like that like there's no there, there are in the financial system where there are reward, reward models like that, where if you have enough of it, you can you, know, you can play the reward game without right. having to do a lot. But here, the, you know, the upside of, and we saw it with or, or Steam at early ideas, the, as the brand grows, each new participant makes the brand worth more. And, you know, they have a lot to give back if there was a di- more direct relationship with the community. You know, um, people think that there aren't problems in this older system. Like, oh, well, you're just forcing blockchain into areas where you don't need it. They clearly don't understand what what this technology can do for right. the community, the customer, the user, whatever you want to call them. And they're the law, the basically the most important part of the the value creation system. So, if you have, you know, let's take I bought an Ethereum. Um, domain name do you have ethereum yourself an ethereum domain i know not yet but i i've I've looked into it though well go buy one i suggest going and buying one just for the fun of the process to understand but in when when i bought one they in the middle of the bull market dropped us like what was worth fifteen thousand dollars worth of ens tokens at that uh, at that particular moment so could just click sell and we would have had 15 grand now i'm not not particularly interested in selling i'd rather wait come back check 10 years and see how right. it does because ethereum name serve might be worth a shit ton more than 15 <laughs> grand today like who gives a shit let's walk away right it's better to be patient um now taking kicking arguments about taking profits trading most people forget they don't buy ethereum name servers it's too busy looking at solana name servers right. too and i i own all of them but the point here is that that moment when a company gives you back fifteen thousand dollars worth of something that i could have taken if i wanted to i think today it's worth around 36 or 3700 wow. still it's not insignificant it's more than the u.s government gave out right yeah and this was for spending dollars on the ethereum network right and so the network growth of to the pre- people who are participating we are getting 
cut the out of the ecosystem. And it's way more rewarding for the average individual than you would think. It's probably an order of magnitude higher than what you, you would, again, you know, you pay taxes all your life in a country like the United States and everything, they shut everything down. Like here's 15 right. bucks, shut up, shut up. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Meanwhile, the internet's given out hundreds of thousands of dollars to people who bought apes as identity. Right. So, so when do people are going to catch on to that? At, at what point? Or do you think more? Oh, we're, we are at a, I think. You know, you don't want to sound too biblical or anything, but the humanity is definitely at a crossroads of trying to understand its its value proposition to one another, to to each other. Um, I think I think you're right. Uh, that even if people are unaware that they're not getting anything back or they're not getting enough back, they're they're going to feel it subconsciously, and they're going to start acting on that, or that's going to start surfacing in some way, shape, or form. Yes. So I, I yeah. do think that people are going to be pressured to find that value in some way uh, or another, or yes. they're going to eventually become aware, like we're talking about now, and then uh, seek it intentionally. So, yes. so aside from even the video game sector, because I think that's going to be huge too, where else do you see people consciously and or unconsciously starting to put their attention more as time goes on? Oh yeah, you should definitely be investing in your health and your your practice. I guess whatever whatever the things are that interest you, um, in in whatever way you can. Like sitting and doing nothing is is quite cheap. It's it's very hard to overstate the value of of meditation. It's very it's very difficult to do too. But once you get a routine going, you know I, I we we all go in and out of phases. I go in and out of phases where I'm, I'm kicking ass and then I'm playing video games like this is just the nature of being a human. Like you can't get down yourself for the like waves, but there are huge propositions of investing into your own like mental health and well-being. Uh, I love ice baths. Um, you know, I, one of the, my, one of the reasons why I love living in Bali is just access to you got ice baths, dancing, cacao ceremonies. These things are so valuable. Like dancing around a fire with friends is like, right. sorry, that's as good as it gets. Like, right. <laughs> Under the full moon of shisha, beautiful women everywhere. Like, what the f are you talking about? This is as good as it gets. Um, so, th those things to me, those were the that's where you get the highest value proposition um, out of life, you know. And it's not technically that expensive. You can find it anywhere too. It's it's definitely harder, I think, in cities, depending on where where you depending on where you live. Like, I haven't lived in a city, a big city, for a while. There are places where it's not like there are places or where you can get into a city life and it's good. But I think more than anything, where, wherever it is, try to find the things that bring you closer yeah, to nature. Like I wish I could, what, what do I wish I could do more of? I could do more hiking. I want to go hike like ridiculous right. mountains with Wim Hof. Like that's at the top yes. of my to-do <laughs> list next, you know? So, um, and, and to, you know, cause another thing about investing is largely finding out how to be patient for three to four years. while the, the thesis plays out, you know, you make a bunch of investments and then you wait. <laughs> and so what are you going to do? I, I think, uh, yeah, I think health, well-being. I like reading books, play a bunch of music. Um, you know, I added video games to the list. Like I haven't, I haven't played, I bought a PlayStation. I'm <laughs> by, I'll pop by Elden Ring nice. here soon. Yeah, I think being interested in, in new things in life is always fun. And then just kind of fo following that that passion wherever it takes you. Not, yeah, I would say I, I agree. I, I think even over the last two years, I've seen people, more people become more aware of their health or more conscious of their health, which is good. Even when I'm heading to the gym, I'll get into the sauna for a few minutes after a workout and I'll see a bunch of younger dudes 
in there um, with me. And typically when I was their age, no one would be in the sauna, especially guys in their younger 20s. You'd never see them in the sauna. But nowadays they're in there with me and they're in the steam room and they're just talking about, you know, trying to lower blood pressure or, you know, just have better heart health over time. So I, I think the trend is catching on. Um, to a degree. Well, I hear you get fucking heart attacks from touching the soil or climate change. <laughs> fucking everybody's having a heart attack for some random shit or another nowadays. Or something crazy, right? Apparently, that's that's what they're that's what the that's what the mainstream right. media has to say. You know, it, it's a really interesting health is a really interesting function, right? It largely has to do with what you do on a daily basis. You know, you know, people are way too scared of the sun for their own good. They pay way, they probably pay way too much attention to the details of things that the, the doctors don't technically understand. Like, you know, anyways, there's this, it's a really, I think what's most important is because, you know, because we can all fucking die at any day too, is to, to push the boundaries during that process too. You know, if you're interested in health, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever counted calories. I know people that they go through this. I'm, I'm sure actually, actually, see, I know nothing about health. <laughs> it comes to like uh, eating nutrition. Uh, like I just try to aim at what did I, what can I eat out of the jungle <laughs> that's, that's pretty fresh to make it not too difficult, but you know, you can get too hyper-focused in anything too myopic. I, I like, you know, I play a bunch of different instruments. I can play the clarinet. Um, I think often going into areas where you suck at something again is really, really helpful because okay. it, it really, uh, well, also because it reminds you that you can also be awesome at anything. Like it doesn't take, you can figure it out. Right. You know, that, that process of like, Hey, I suck. And then here, go through a bit of practice, learn and figure it out. And Hey, I can, uh, that, the that, that's something that I, I really appreciate about you because I, I've watched you grow as someone who, as a creator over the last, you know, four or five years, right? I, I saw your first videos. I don't know what you were filming on. It might've been an older camera or, you know, maybe cell phone. Yeah. it might've been your cell phone. Right. And now you're coming out with these high quality videos. You're great at editing. It's smooth. I don't even realize that I'm watching you know, a vlog. So it's, it's extremely professional. So I've seen you grow in your own curiosities too. So, so you're living that every day. And, um, I can, I can relate to that a lot. And that's something that keeps me going every day is going after those curiosities. And, um, the more I align my efforts with those curiosities, the more aligned I feel with I, and, and like, you know, me. And, uh, so, so I, I could, I could agree with that. A ton. Yeah, it's it's important. Um, one of the things that I I think has been, what well, one of the things I like and, and the most is is ice baths. I've actually ordered one. Um, I tried to order like a really specific nice one. It's going to take eighteen weeks. I'm like so, just but ice baths have been one of my favorite. Um, How often do you do them? Well, when I had the ice bath around, I do it every day. Right. I do it pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm trying to make sure I have one here in, in, in Costa Rica is because I, I like it that much. It's just amazing. Have you, ever, have you ever participated in one of the Wim Hof workshops? N no, but you know, no, no, not, not specific, not specifically. I, okay. I, I would like to climb one of the mountains that he does with him. That's that pretty cool. Yes. That's, that's on the to-do list over the next five years. That's <laughs> um, uh, there's something about, you no, know, I I don't know I don't know why, but nature stress is is such a sweet thing, 
And it's not always easy to get like hiking is, is beautiful. I've got a friend that does like paragliding. He'll hike up the mountain and then cool. jump off and paraglide down it. And there's something about this kind of deeper relationship with nature. Um, and when I was in Bali, I fell in love with the, uh, the ice bath. Um, it's, you know, it's also nice to sit out in the sun with the ice bath. Like it's great to have, you know, we're so, we're so spoiled basically. Right. But anyways, the ice itself, um, being in that very cold environment for three to five minutes, kicks the body into a state that is hard to normally get it into. Like normally a bear would have to approach you. Mm-hmm. People, I'm sure ultra marathoners do it when they get into these really long runs, like where you're, you're just, your body goes into this deeper state. You can do that with ice very quickly. And it's probably, yeah, it's very healthy, like such a strong anti-inflammatory. It's probably one been one of my favorite things, like above, above all other like value functions, the ice is I love like, that. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah. I, um, I, I've only gone into an ice bath like that once, but it was definitely one of the more impactful experiences I've had. And right before that we did the, no, I don't think it was holotropic breathing, but it was, it was Wim Hof's, um, method. Um, but it was for about an hour long. I wasn't expecting it to be that long. I didn't, it didn't feel like an hour I felt for about seven minutes. Um, I was on another planet entirely. Um, but after that, we jumped into the ice bath, I think for three minutes, someone was coaching us through the breathing and it was one of the cooler experiences of my life. So I could see how having an ice bath ready, um, at your disposal is, is awesome. Yeah. I would, I would, I would have to force myself to do it. I have a hard time getting into a cold shower. Um, Oh, see, uh, see, this is the thing. I don't fucking like cold showers. I don't like that. See, this is what you're talking about. That's annoying cold. It's not even... I don't think it provides the same value function. You know, uh, you know here we're looking for you, what do you think? I think somewhere closer to zero to five degrees, six degrees, maybe seven at kind of a max of the water temperature is where it's 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 beneficial. So, so it's almost like the annoyance isn't or the, the uncomfortability isn't even giving it's not it worth it. The, yeah, it's like that's just fucking annoying. Like I'm have hot water right now. This is 2022. <laughs> No, right. And then and I'm, I'm in my head saying, you know what? I know that I could just turn the knob right now to warm and I'll be, I'll be comfortable in a second. Well, here, you know, okay, here, let me make the argument for just the, the cold water, even though I don't think it's as beneficial for the physical body, why it's as beneficial for the mind is that the thing that solves the problem of being in the cold water is the breathing. If you get into the cold water and you just breathe and you basically only focus on getting air in and out, a fairly beginner person can endure the cold for much right. longer than they would have anticipated if they just go in with no kind of front running training, right? Where it's like, hey, just jump into the cold and see how long you last. Like people get out like that. They're like, it's way too cold because it doesn't feel good, right? Yeah. Yeah. They they start making short, small (laughs) breaths, right? So you gotta you gotta understand that one of the main functions of the of the air is actually this transfer of of energy. That's what Mm -hmm. oxygen does for the body. Creates creates a lot of energy. So uh, you know, not only are you ha- getting this strong anti-inflammatory response for the deep two or three minutes that you want to be in there, you're getting a very, very like a uh, um, well, uh, well-timed version of your breathing. Cause that's usually what gets you into the state where it's like, okay, this is not, doesn't bother me. That first 30 to 60 seconds goes away. And then it's just, it's more about the breathing. The body gets this beautiful relaxation through the, the temperature, but yeah, that, that deep breathing. That's key. 
yeah that's that and then people can can go a lot longer and then you get this yeah a, a, a kind of a stacked health benefit of the strong cold anti-inflammatory plus this massive over oxygenation of the mitochondria so it's yeah it's a win-win uh, overall oh it's it's a it's a fucking drug yeah you get a you get addicted to it i think i was addicted to it it was like it was <laughs> i gotta go to the ice bath today you know it, it was, it was it and then was you notice you start to plan your day around the ice baths <laughs> well there's a few yeah there's you try to include like okay uh the good food uh some fresh pineapple smoothies dancing around the fire the, the simple things in life and uh then I, yeah, what, what's, a, what's a typical day in uh in, in the jungle like for you Oh, Costa Rica is slow. No, there's at this time of year, there's not, not much going on. Okay. Um, it, it depends. My life has changed dramatically over the last two years as well. I've had to adapt uh, to my interpretation of, of what's going on out here because right. I'm, if I didn't, I'd just be censored and banned and thrown in jail or something, right? Like, it's not, I, I've played this game before with the mushrooms. I know to like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and be where so a bit different. I'll have to, you just have to live life a bit differently. Uh, at least to achieve the freedom of expression that, that one would desire. So, um, you know, I, it, the jungle is different. I used to do a lot more traveling. I love traveling. I love seeing new places. Um, I haven't done that the last few years here. The last two years have just been Costa Rica. It's actually quite slow. I wake up, I'll sit outside, I'll enjoy coffee, read, catch up on kind of the daily rhetoric. I think Twitter is awesome. I'm really impressed by people that are. I love Twitter. Yes. We're in a dark age. So kind of dark age humor goes really far. It's like the meme culture is- I was going to say memes catch fire these days. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I think it's, for me, it's the, it always reminds me that like, we're, we're in a, not, not a, like, we're not in a golden age. People do not understand like science <laughs> as it's been touted, not at all. So that's, um, you know, that leads to the what twitter what it is i think facebook and youtube much worse off and, and for what they are quite often as well um it's it's a reflection of of the times for better or for worse so you gotta you gotta kind of take the society with a with a grain of salt there um because it it's pretty ridiculous like it does some really atrocious things that are just unreconcilable and they just go by the wayside you know right. topics like julian assange it's like Okay, so here's someone that leaked documents around again in a way. So the US government was committing war crimes and shooting journalists and tell other people about war crimes. What the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> something's broken, right? You can't get away with that as a person, but because these are not people, they're getting away with this. It's this whole, you know, that that path, however you want to, however you people want to misrepresent what it is, understanding that is very shocking. You're like, something, something's wrong here. So I try to stay out of the way of the machine. I like, I like, yeah, I like books. Um, yeah, I, I try to stay as close to nature uh, for that reason. Um, so here, yeah, here in the jungle, get to play a bunch of music. I like take do get long walks in the beach. Um, but, uh, yeah, I used to, Michael, you know, I, I used to, I was traveling all the time in 2019 and, and, and on. And, so, yeah, I, I always got excited to see where you're going and where you might be, you know, uploading a, a Bitcoin analysis video from. Yeah. Now okay. it's, now it's I'm thinking very strategic of, of, of try, or trying to understand the strategics of what happens next because I don't think money will solve problems if if, if what we're seeing comes next. I, it's really up to the people. Like I, you know, I, I I like to take faith or solace 
in knowing that the universe has some type of divine structure. So whatever it's going to, even though it doesn't get there in my lifetime, like that it's on its way to that. So I'm just trying to, you know, again, stay out of the way of the grinding gears or where the <laughs> snake eats its own tail <laughs> and, and enjoy the, enjoy the sunshine. So, um, I, I guess, yeah, largely I keep keeping it much simpler than I, than I was pr- pre 2019. I think the crimes, uh, I think crimes are being committed right now at a very high level <laughs> Yes, and nobody seems to be accountable. So I'm, I'm pretty concerned about that. That's a, yeah, yeah, it makes you want to just be a little bit more slippery and uh, I want to be, well, I want to be optimistic. And yeah. so this is, you know, ultimately the, the reason why we like games is we think that there is a, there is a pathway out of it. We think that there is a pathway to sovereign identity sovereign ownership for people to to participate in an online and and real world community um but we don't i'm not necessarily sure that people are going to make that decision within my lifetime (laughs) (laughs) so yeah just you know where the food's good i got got good water here um nice complain yeah but yeah i miss bali technically michael i guess really what i was just holding back from saying is um I'm I was gonna say Bali seemed Bali. you seemed you seemed um, high energy in Bali. You seemed like you loved it when you were there, and yeah. uh, my that influenced me in trying to um, have my wife and I's honeymoon in Bali. And we we loved the idea of going to Bali, but then we couldn't because of the pandemic. But um, we'll eventually make it there because it seems Congratulations. like Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Oh yes, Bali's in amazing. You know when talking about the quality of life that you get from somewhere is, is super important. Like you can, you buy a lot with money, but a lot of it's community too. It's the people that are there in that, in that environment. You can't attract those people with money. That's even if they have a lot of money, that's not how you would attract them necessarily. Not the good ones. At least you can't attract right. people, right. With money. <laughs> attract all kinds of people with money. Anyways, the, the point of this, the point, yeah. Interesting people. <laughs> well, everybody's interesting. That's a true story. Um, but Bali just has this, I think, a unique flavor because of how it's developed over the years. Um, I think that it has to do with some of the religion too. Mm. I think people don't give enough light to religion in their life, whatever that religion might look like. Just maybe understanding more that it's a, a daily practice of, of reverence and gratitude for however shit came to be the way it is today. You know, so, you know, religion under this context, I think has a lot of value for a society and, and Bali's relationship. Like every Thursday is, is they're making offerings to their, their little gods. I think this is extraordinarily important stuff for society. There's no scientific base to it, but we know that we're like kind of ritualistic uh, uh, creatures. We do better when we focus things like, Hey, you know, like be, be grateful. And like these, these mantras work, like it's in, in, in all these books around success, you know, but so these people have made a culture and a religion out of those types of things that help them help them be more successful as, as individuals, not just for money, but for, for kindness and support. And, and because of that, there's this unique relationship between the um, traveling community that appreciates those same, um yeah those same same values effectively so there's all these fun things like cow ceremonies and yoga dances and there's entrepreneurs that like the freedom of surfing so it it attracted a people a bunch of people that like nature and uh and yoga and a bunch of uh, because that's effectively what kind of the hindu buddhist culture is naturally anyways it's not they're not too separate like okay one's a little flashier than the other but they're, (laughs) they're both still kind of based off the same concept so bali attracted that for a bunch of years so not too many places that, that have um 
well, uh, yeah, for, for, for probably a bunch of reasons, I'm sure, but um, I haven't found really anywhere else that I like as much for the community of people that you could wow. meet there. So, so regularly. Yeah. It was just like, I think it was like once a week, there were ecstatic dances, at least there wow. was like th- maybe three or five. And, and again, these cacao ceremonies, you got fresh made kombucha or oh, like not organic food, but just well-made, well thought out, well cared for ideas. There was ice baths, like everywhere you, you go, there's like cold pools everywhere. Wow. So they, they, they definitely knew what was going on and it was ridiculously cheap. Like it was crazy how cheap it was. And now they're going to be apparently offering like five-year tax-free nomad visas. So that's always an interesting, that was the hardest part nice. of the conversation. Um, so once they open that up, then I'll go <laughs> a second home. I can, I can manage, but here I was going once every, I was going back and forth every six months, four to six months, basically. Um, and now that's just become untenable. I, d- I just yeah. don't want to do, de- I just don't want to deal with it at all. It doesn't, it doesn't look inviting or friendly. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not worth the hassle with how many un- unknowns there are. Like I've, I've, I've played this, I've played the persecuted game as being a, <laughs> like a, an avant-garde scientist in, in my, uh, my spare time uh, for, for many years. And I just, there's way too many warning signs to, I figured that at the end of the game was just trying to be Jay Harlan Bretts. Like, you know what, yes. like, you know, to bring it full circle. You're right. Yeah, that's as long as as long as I'm still here to enjoy the ride. I don't. I'm not too particularly worried about what any other thesis is going on out there. Um, so, you know, I think a lot. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, one of the best ways to live too. Is you know find find the mountains that you like climbing and uh, fly some flags. <laughs> Tio, you're the man. On that note, um, we've been going for a little bit over an hour. I know that you're a busy guy. And Perfect, I, don't thank you. Up, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, I could, I could pick your brain for hours on end. I could already tell. Well, uh-huh. Michael, congratulations on uh, starting a podcast. It's tons thank of you. fun. Um, I appreciate uh, the invite and the, the, the support over the years. It's been a wild ride. I, I know anyone who takes it up in earnest and enjoys it. Even if your channel doesn't explode the, the opportunity to have like a diary of conversations of people that we meet and the things that we're interested in has been, been, lovely for me i'll i'll do you i'll do youtube and make videos for probably the rest of my life in some way shape or form because i think it's fascinating and now the speed at which they get made is probably going <laughs> to diminish you know maybe once or two or two of you but you know i think that from a from my perspective i feel that uh you, yeah you're you're embarking on something that's, that's a super wonderful journey so enjoy that i look forward to uh our next conversations thanks man i really appreciate it <laughs>